welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand clap today. Can we do that? Anybody glad to be in God's house on Sunday morning, Thanksgiving week? Man, I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, tell him this this morning, tell him you look like you've lost 30 pounds. Tell him that, huh? What's up, the Annie? We got Thanksgiving coming. We need some encouragement. Amen? Hey, would would uh, would you guys welcome all of our other campuses watching online? Come on. Y'all, y'all give Owensboro, Kentucky a hand clap. Henderson, Kentucky, we love you. Dumas, Texas. Come on, Dumas, we love you. We're glad to have you with us this morning. And man, it's an honor to be in Amarillo, Texas, home of the Sod Poodles right now. Come on, go Sod Poodles, amen. And uh, I'm excited because this week's Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. How many of y'all think it's a wonderful thing to be from a country that has an official holiday to give thanks to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, established by our first president? Can I get an amen out there, man? I'm a proud American, and I'm thankful for Thanksgiving. So come Thursday, we're going to get it on like Donkey Kong, and uh, we'll eat turkey, and we'll have dressing, and we're going to have it all. Then we're going to watch the Cowboys play ball, and we'll fall into a turkey in coma. We'll get up on Friday and we'll do it all over again. Amen. And then we'll repent on Monday and try to live right till Christmas comes around and then we'll feast one more time, right? And uh, I just want to talk to you about, man, Thanksgiving, it's more than just eating and hanging out. It's about giving thanks to God. And you know, I'm a, I'm a parent. Uh, Pastor Jordan was talking about his son and, and I, I'm too, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent to three kids. I got a couple of girls and a, a little boy. And I'll tell you, how many parents out there have had an experience like this? Like sometimes, and experiences with your kids, they're they're kids, right? They're humans, just like we are. So sometimes they're going to be good, sometimes they're going to be bad, right? We have good days and we have the bad days. And uh, sometimes, how many have had an experience where you've done something great for your children? Maybe you took them on a vacation or you had a special day that was all about them and you were giving them stuff and they were getting ice cream and, and candy and watching a movie or at a theme park and it was just incredible for them. But then after several days of that on vacation, you notice they go from being thankful about what they're receiving to being entitled about what they're receiving. Anybody ever ever had your kids, the more good you did for them, the more rotten they acted at that point in their life? Come on, can I get a a witness out there? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And so what I did, we, we had this vacation with the kids. It was awesome this year. And I was giving them everything they wanted. And I noticed after three or four days, they were being cruddy about it. And I'm like, listen, kids, y'all are going to get thankful and be gracious or what dad's about to do. His dad's going to take the fun fairies outside, and I'm going to execute the fun fairies. There will be no more fun. Fun will die in the Gibson house. And only your father has the power to bring and resurrect those fun fairies out of the tomb, so you better straighten up and get an attitude of gratitude, right? Sometimes it's bad, and you have to do that. But I remember one time I was, I was going to have surgery down in Dallas. They were going to build me a new nose. That's why I look like Brad Pitt now. This is all, none of this is real. It's fake, right? Couldn't breathe through my nose. And I knew I'd be down for a while. 
And uh, so I took the kids with me before I went to that surgery. And we took them to a place called Great Wolf Lodge. They have water slides and stuff in there. And uh, took them out and bought them all a toy. That night, Justice, this is probably four years ago. I don't know, he, he's like five years old. He's laying by me in bed. And he's about to fall asleep. And the little guy starts laughing and grinning as he's going in and out of sleep. And I'm like, Justice, what are you, what are you laughing about? He said, Dad. I'm so happy. I said, why are you so happy, buddy? He said, because I got to come to Great Wolf Lodge, and I'm in Dallas with you, and you bought me this dragon. And when he said it, I could tell he was really thankful. And it was like little warm bunnies and hot cocoa just flooded over my body, right? So my son was thankful because of something I've done for him. You know, I believe whenever we're thankful... For what the, the, the real Father, the good, the true, the one Father in heaven, whenever he pours out blessing on us and we have an attitude of gratitude, I believe it's like little warm puppies and bunnies and hot cocoa floods his soul. Come on, how many of y'all want to be like the, the, the right kind of person that comes back and tells God thanks for everything he's done for us? Come on, by faith, could we just thank God one more time in this house? Come on, Owensboro, let's thank God. Henderson, let's thank God. Amarillo, Texas, let's thank God. Come on, Dumas. We ought, we ought to have that attitude of gratitude this morning. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and just tell them a thank you note. Tell them that, a thank you note. A thank you note. That's what I want to talk about today. If you have your Bible on you, I want you to open it up to Luke chapter 17. All right, Luke chapter 17. Now I'm going to show you one of the heroes of Thanksgiving in the New Testament. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 9. We're going to meet a Samaritan guy who perfected giving thanks to Jesus. Here's what it says, Luke 17, verse 11. says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. There met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, arise, go your faith, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Come on, somebody say your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we, the people of his church, we're going to be like this one Samaritan, not like the nine who walked off, but we're going to be like the one who came back and gave you thanks. Right now we lift up holy hands without wrath, without doubting. We say thank you, Lord, for all your goodness, all your grace, all your help. We're thankful that you've never left us. You'll never forsake us, but you're the faithful God of Israel. Bless this time we have together in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen, amen. I want you to think about these 10 guys for a moment, the 10 lepers we read about in the story. Now, I want to give you the history of leprosy uh, kind of during the time of Jesus in the ancient Near East. Leprosy was an incurable disease. And if you were diagnosed with leprosy and became a leper at this time, you had received a death sentence. Life you knew as it was is absolutely over. 
And so uh, this is the way it worked in ancient Israel. The priests had more jobs than just um, running services. As a matter of fact, if you were a priest, you did things like this. You practically ran a slaughterhouse. You were going to slaughter all of the lambs, all of the sacrificial offerings. You were going to work all of that work uh, up in the temple in the middle of Israel. Also, if a house got uh, infested with some sort of mold or something like that that was unclean, uh, the priest and the Levites would have to go to the house and find out if the house had to be torn down or, or if it was livable or if it would poison people. Also, priests had to have the job of, of inspecting skin disease. Now, I'm so thankful as a pastor that I don't have to inspect your weird warts, moles, skin tags, or gross. I want to know you, but I don't want to know you that well. Can I get an amen out there, right? I don't, I don't want to know. But if you had something weird come up on your hand, as a matter of fact, we did this with a family member just, just last night, something weird. Hey, y'all give my, my sister-in-law a hand clap. Lacey's here. She's got a new spot on her hand. I know it's not leprosy though, Lacey. I know it's not. And uh, you'd have to go, you'd have to take that spot if it stayed there very long. You got to go show it to the priest. And the priest has to inspect that spot, see what the spot looks like, see if it's growing, see if it's weird, seeing if it's changing colors. And if that spot doesn't turn around and leave, and they diagnose you, that priest says you have leprosy. You're talking about a death sentence, right? We're talking about HIV back in the 80s and early 90s. Now there's cures. How many are thankful for our medical communities that have come up with so many cures, the wisdom of God? Come on, let's give every doctor, every health professional. Man, I'm thankful for you. And your contribution to us as a people. We love you and thankful for you. Uh, but back in the day, you got diagnosed with that. It was, it was over. So here's what happened if you got diagnosed with leprosy. You're going to have to leave your house. You're not going to feel the hug of your child anymore. You're not going to lay down at night with your spouse anymore. You're not going to come to the temple to worship anymore. You're going to leave your community. Everything you knew that life is dead to you. Now you're going to be relegated to a leper's colony. If you notice these 10 guys, they're rolling together because all of them have been pushed out. And in the text, it says they come to Jesus and they cry from afar off. They don't go up close to him because you couldn't as a leper. Here's what you had to do as a leper. If you're approaching other people down the street and you're a leper, you have to cry out as people are walking towards you and you say, unclean, 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 unclean. Your identity goes from a person of the nation of Israel and a son of God to a person of uncleanness. These 10 people have lived in that. Their bodies were rotting. Literally, your body rots around you if you're diagnosed with leprosy. So they come up to Jesus and they cry out unclean. How many of you are thankful that our Jesus doesn't push away somebody that's unclean, but our Jesus draws someone closer to him that is unclean? He doesn't push away the addict. He draws the addict in. Come on, somebody. He doesn't push away the, the depressed or the hurting or the broken or the unclean. He always draws them in. Jesus is a Jesus who gets close to the lepers. There are stories where he does that. In this one, he just gives them a word. You know, I have a, a buddy and his dad has done a lot of ministry in India. Now, we think in America things like leprosy are gone and polio's gone. But if you travel the world, those kind of things are alive and well on the planet. And there are many leper colonies throughout India, throughout Africa. You go to some of those places, you'll encounter that kind of thing. This man was ministering to a certain uh, colony of lepers, and they'd been evangelized before out of a faith stream that receives communion together 
out of one cup. Does anybody come from a church where you would take communion, you go up and the priest offers communion and then kind of wipes the cup and gives it to the next person? Does anybody come out of a one-cup church? All right, let's see you. My promise to you as the pastor of his church is we will always have our own cups. Come on. Can we not afford more than one cup for us all to drink out of in communion? Can I get an amen out there, right? Why would we do that? I mean, I was was seated by a buddy of mine, um, place. He did a reenactment of the Lord's Supper. And I got the seat of honor. I'm seated by his right hand. He blesses the cup and he blesses the bread. And then I'm sitting by him. I'm sitting on his right hand. I'm like, Shay, you better pass that right. You better pass that right. There's like 30 men that are going to drink out of this cup. And Shay looked over at me and he grinned and he passed it left. And I'm like, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Come right now, right? So, so all those men drank and I drank out of it. Come on, we drink by faith and we live. Can I get an amen out there? But, but um, this man... Watched all of those lepers take that communion. All of their mouths touched that cup. And then at the end of it, he took the cup from the lepers and drank it with them. And when he did, they said the power of God fell in the room. And every man in there began to weep. Because of all the people that had ministered to them and with them throughout the years, no man had ever drank the cup. How many of you think that looks like Jesus? Somebody that's not afraid of somebody else's uncleanness. I want to live my life like that. I want to live my life close to the unclean, not just the clean, but the unclean. And so they come up, they cry, Lord, will you make me whole? And he gives them one word. He says, go show yourself to the temple priest. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell him, show yourself to the priest. Just tell him that, right? See, it was was the priest's job to diagnose you with a skin condition like that that could be contagious. And it was the priest's job to tell you whenever you're released from your condition. And so all 10 of these guys, they take off walking and they walk by faith and they head towards Jerusalem. And the Bible says whenever they walk by faith, man, this is the way miracles work. If you're listening right now and you need a miracle, a lot of people want to see the miracle before they ever take off walking. But the kingdom of God doesn't work like that. You get a word from heaven and then you take off walking walking on the word regardless of whether you've seen the answer yet or not. And the healing always comes not while you're waiting, but while you're walking. Rarely does it come while you're waiting. It always comes by your walking. And so he takes off walking. And as they take off walking, boom, all of a sudden, man, cleanness hits their body. Their skin starts to change. Can you imagine seeing that, going from from withered and broken and pus-filled and rotting, all of a sudden brand new flesh, maybe like a baby's skin, I don't know, starts to come on their body. They start praising God, they're happy, and they take off wide open to the temple. Why? These guys are going to get their families back. They're going to get their jobs back. They're going to get their wives back. They're going to get their lives back. Man, I'll tell you, I'm all about people getting some stuff back. And all 10 of them take off in one direction. There's one there that's different than the other nine. He gets touched by the power of God. Everybody else is cruising to the temple. And he turns around and he goes back in the other direction. The Bible says he walks straight up to Jesus and he glorifies him and he falls down on his face. Man, what an appropriate response. If your life gets turned around, 
How many know you don't just want to cruise past what God just did for you? The appropriate response isn't running off to your new life. The appropriate response is to come down and to fall at the feet of Jesus and give him real thanks and worship and glorify him. Come on, we ought to take a praise break in the house of God today. Is anybody thankful that he saved you? Come on, anybody thankful that he healed you? Anybody thankful that he set you free from depression? Anybody thankful that you're not addicted anymore? Anybody thankful you're not suicidal anymore? more. Today's the day. You ought to come back. I want to come back. And I want to give him thanks. It's interesting. Nine of those guys get healed. The one comes back and Jesus says this. He looks at him. He says, where are the nine other guys? He turns around and he says, look, only one's come back. And he adds this. He goes out of his way to say this. Only this foreigner's come back. This guy's a Samaritan. Comes from a background that had taken Judaism and mix, mixed it up with a pagan religion. They were, they were uh, re- reviled. People hated them in Israel. So they knew they didn't have it right. Isn't it interesting a lot of times in life, the people that should have it right get it wrong? And the people that should get it wrong get it right? You know, the theme of the book, The Prophet Jonah is often the unrighteous are more righteous than the righteous. I want to live my life righteous, and I don't want to forget about what God has done in my life. It's easy to do, isn't it? You know, I've had some years in life that were so good, right? Anybody ever had just some banner years where life was so good this year, man, right? It's like, what a great year. What a blessed year. What God really did some great things. Our family multiplied. Come on, we had new kids. We got promotions. Church grew. Life was good. I've had some years that were great. And uh, some of those years are re- real easy to give thanks in. And then I've had some years that were terrible. Anybody else out there just ever had a terrible year, right? Now, I'm not believing for them. I don't want them. I hate them. I don't think God's used them to teach me something. I'm against the terrible years. Terrible years, I'm against them. Can I get an amen, right? But sometimes you have some years, and how many know God's still done so much for us? He's still worthy of all our things. So some years you thank God for everything he's done for you, and some years you thank God for what you got left. Come on. But we ought to learn to thank God in the good years, thank God in the bad years, and if we'll keep the attitude of gratitude, I believe with all my heart God will give you double for your trouble, and your next year will be better than your last year. Can I get an amen out there? It's keeping that attitude of gratitude. See, the, the, the one more, he comes back, and uh, it's interesting, Jesus says something to him. He says, man, you're the only one that came back. He says, go your way, your faith has made you well. The word he uses are whole in some of the translations. The word he uses is different than the other word those guys got. The first nine, the Bible says they got healed or cleansed. It's like this, the leprosy left the first nine's body. All of their body, they lost, the, 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 the leprosy left them, they weren't going to die, their skin were cleansed. Now I think that's enough to praise God for right there, that's awesome, right? Seeing a leper be made whole. But this tenth guy got something the other nine didn't get. Whenever Jesus spoke to him, he said, your faith has made you whole. It's a different Greek word. It means absolutely restored completely, nothing missing, nothing broken, totally whole. A lot of scholars believe the first nine, the leprosy left their body. But they believe in the tenth leper, his fingers were restored. 
Because flesh rots off from leprosy. Come on, he might have got his fingers back. He probably got his ears back, got his nose back, got his life back. Now I'm telling you the difference between just being healed and being made whole is an attitude of gratitude. Now I don't know about you, but I don't just want the healing. I want the whole package. I want wholeness. I want everything God died for. So how do we get it? We come back and we say thank you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, just tell him right now, I'll come back and I'll give you thanks. Let's say it. Come on, say it out, right, out loud. Say, I'll come back and I'll give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. You know, it's, it's Thanksgiving and uh, Jessie, she, she does something every year. And whenever she first started doing it, it's kind of one of those... Um, it's kind of one of those, you know, home, uh, I don't know, a ritual you do every year or kind of, kind of a family thing. And after we're done eating, she'll always bring it up. And when she first did it, I, I wanted to, I'm like, oh, my God, tell me we don't have to do this, right? I, I come from a male-dominated household where, like, you know, when we pray at Christmas, you don't hold the guy's hand beside you because he's your brother. And it's like, I'm not holding his hand. There's no way, right? I don't care if it is Christmas. So we didn't share a lot of feelings. We didn't do stuff like that. It's all a cowboy house, and it just wasn't our thing. But Jesse brought this into our household. She, every year after we eat our Thanksgiving meal, she'll stop and she'll say, I want everybody to tell one thing about what they're thankful for. And now, 19 years later, we've been married. It'll be 20 this next year. I'm so thankful that that's something we do. So I believe it's passing on to our children. Come on, we retain an attitude of gratitude, right? It's passing on that we're thankful for what we have. We're thankful that God's been so good to us. Come on, we're thankful that God let us live in his house last night. We're thankful that God let us drive his car to church today. We're thankful that God put his food on our table. We're thankful that God filled our lungs with his breath. We're thankful that God caused the blood to run through our, our bodies today. Come on, we, we want them to remember and to come back and to be the one that gives him thanks. So we understand the nature of the game. In the Old Testament, God promised Israel some things. He said, Israel, here's what I'm going to do for you promise you I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to give you houses. This is what I'm believing for your life too. He said, I'm going to give you houses that you did not build that are filled with all good things. I'll give you hewn out wells that you did not dig. I'll give you vineyards that you did not plant. I'll bring you to a land that flows, literally flows with milk and with honey. I'll give you the heads of your enemies. I'll cause your children to multiply and your flocks to multiply. I'll call your vats to, to brim over with new wine. I'll tell you your storehouses will be so filled you won't be able to contain it. I'm going to take you to that land. How many of y'all believe God's promise is good that he'll take us to a land that flows with milk and honey? I, I believe that. But then he goes on and he says this, but when you come into that land, remember me. When you come into that land and you get the house, come on, when you come into that land and, and you get the vineyard, when you come into that land and your barns are full and they're not empty anymore, when you come into that land and you, you got more money than you have month in the future, come on, somebody. When you, when you come into that land, you got a good relationship with your children and your marriage is blessed and your kids are serving God. When you come into that land, remember me. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty at times of forgetting his goodness and his grace, right? Man, if I just take stock... I really believe I preached it last week, but, but sometimes you grab a hold of your burden 
And you hold on to your burden and you see what didn't happen so long. You hold on to your burden and what you got to do is you got to set down your burden and you got to pick up his blessing. Amen. And if I pick up his blessing and I focus on that, I believe I'll keep an attitude of gratitude. So what we're going to do as the, as the worship team comes, got just a few minutes left, is uh, they're going to begin to distribute, the ushers right now are going to be, begin to distribute to you thank you notes, all right? You know, a thank you note is a powerful thing. And we kind of live in a, we kind of live in a land now, uh, it's a digital age, and so now we, instead of uh, writing somebody or, or even calling them on the phone, you can DM them on, on Instagram, and I do that, you know, you give them a like on Instagram or something, and that's really not that hard, right? That's the push of a thumb button right here on a little heart, and, and that's just kind of what we do now. And I do it on Instagram. I don't do it on Facebook anymore because Mark Zuckerberg kicked me off Facebook. And Mark, if you're watching right now, if you'll let me back, I promise you I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good, Mark. Please let me back. I love you, Mark, and Jesus loves you. And he has a good plan for your life. And you ought to come to his church, be born again, and pay your tithes. Come on, let me back on Facebook, Mark. I won't misbehave anymore, I promise. So, so you know, it's easy to DM somebody, right? But if somebody sets down and pulls out a pen, right, writes a note in English without a spell checker on a computer, right, and they thank you for something they've done, you've done in their life. How many ever opened up a thank you note and it just blessed your soul, man? It's like, wow, what a blessing. I was sitting with one of my best friends the other day at his table breakfast, and um, God's really blessed him. He's a great businessman, great leader. He's done things for missions and anti-trafficking around the world. And he opened up a thank you note somebody sent him. I watched him. He opens up this thank you note where he'd given some money to a project or something. Somebody gave him that note. He opened it up, and I watched tears welled up in the man's eyes. And he says, wow, what a, what a blessing, right? Somebody took time to come back and give him Give him thanks for what he did. Man, I want us to be a congregation with an attitude of gratitude. Amen? I want our children to be thankful, grandkids to be thankful. I want to keep my heart thankful. So I believe the thankful heart gets blessed. What we're going to do right now is we're going to take out that thank you note, grab an ink pen. I want you to write three things down that you're thankful for this year. This is like being at Jesse's table at Thanksgiving. She's preaching this right now, or she'd be in here, and I'd let her instruct you because this is kind of a mama's duty at the Thanksgiving table. I want you to write three things down you're thankful for this year. Maybe you want to thank God for what he's going to do in your life next year. Then when you get that done, the worship team's going to lead us in a song of worship, and I want you to bring it to the altar. At every other campus, I want you to prepare your thank you note. You're going to bring it to the altar. The campus pastors and hosts are going to direct you in one moment. I'm going to pray over us, and then you're going to bring that to the altar. We're going to come with a thankful heart, amen, because our God's been too good to us. Come on, I want to pray over you as you write those notes. Father, I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. Lord, we thank you that you've been so good to us. We thank you that you've healed us. We thank you that you've blessed us. We thank you that you've lifted us. We thank you that you haven't left us in our shortcomings, but you've come to us. And Lord, we say we're going to be like the one that comes back and says thanks to you. Not self-focused, not, not my purpose, my plan, my will, my gift. 
We're going to be your purpose, your plan, your will, your gift. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, let the attitude of gratitude be released into every one of our campuses and into my life, I pray. These people's lives, I pray. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.